And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back for another episode of the Startup Hustle. This is your host today, Matt Watson. And I'm always super excited to be joined by another Matt. So today we have Matthew Curtis with his company, InsightVoice.ai doing some really cool stuff with chat GPT and AI. Um, I ran across him, I don't know, I guess about three weeks ago on LinkedIn and uh, really loved what he was doing. Excited to have him on the show today and um, show off some cool stuff that he's doing. Before we get started, I do want to remind everybody that today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by FullScale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. FullScale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit FullScale.io to learn more. Matthew, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, my first like 12 customers uh, for it was previously named Ask Answer, but now it's Insight Voice. My first 12 customers either had the name Matt or had my last name Curtis. So I felt like it was some sort of conspiracy. So I'm, I'm very glad to join another Matt on the show. <laughs> How did that work out? They're just really, truly I, random people. I, I So like some of them... Um, some of them were like last name Curtis and I like call other family members to be like, wait a second, is this like some distant relative I don't know about? I think people, you know, early customers, you just got to get the hook anywhere. Sometimes like people just want to be around people like them with the same name and you just got to take calls and, and get on there and talk to them about the product. Oh, weird. Well, so do you ever, do you go by Matt or, all, or do you just go by Matthew? Um, yeah, mostly, mostly Matthew, um, but I, I go by either. I don't, no, no preference. Right. Well, Thank you so much for being on the show today. And like I said, it was cool. We we first met, has it been a month now? I don't know. It hasn't been that long. Um, you you randomly posted on LinkedIn. You're like, hey, I started this AI company and you guys should check it out basically. And I, I, I checked it out. I'm like, hey, this is really cool. And I reached out to you and I'm like, hey, you should be on the show and been playing with what you're building. And um, before we talk more about that though, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Because you, you've done some interesting things before this as well. Yeah, so um, I uh, started off, you know, into entrepreneurship uh, a little bit later. I was, you know, 23, 24. Um, I had been teaching like at a school. I had studied philosophy. I wanted to save the world and do everything like that and understand truth and reality. Um, and uh, made the transition into starting companies. And I went all in and like, I didn't know at all what I was doing. So, I, you know, this show is really great because it talks about founder journeys. I was like banging on doors in Chicago, like of dev shops and trying to convince people to come work with me, um, like very early on, start a bunch of ventures that didn't work out. Um, I, I tried a venture with like doing B2B scrap metal, which was interesting, a lot of fun. Um, I eventually got into uh, a lot of healthcare. So I've done stuff with early stage cancer detection. Um, I did something with, um, worked with a team that litigated over uh, the whether a a stem cell is an organ or not. And we uh, then built up a marketplace for the sale of peripheral blood stem cells. And that was really interesting. Um, got Was fortunate enough to get into YC twice for that company. Um, and then for another company that was really working on um, uh, the litigation of 
being able to like a, a competitor to state lotteries, which was a lot of fun. Um, none, none of those were really successful, but pivoted. And I spent the last two and a half years um, leading strategy and new products for a company called H1, um, which is has done their Series C round and uh, yeah, wanted to start something else. Well, I think it's pretty cool. You've been through Y Combinator twice. I've I've never met anybody who's been through it twice. I think we've had a few guests that've been through it before, but being through Y Combinator twice is uh, is is super interesting to me. I'm I'm curious if somebody's been through it. You know, do you recommend it? I mean, what what is your kind of feedback about that experience? Yeah, so I I, I mean, it's great, right? So like the best part of it is is that you get to spend um, twelve weeks with two hundred other startup founders who are working as hard as possible on their ventures and each day they're learning and, and we get this between you and I Matt we get to talk about hey what's this new thing you're learning what's this new thing you're working on you get with that with other people who are at a similar position and that's and that's really great um, the long-term benefit is that you've got a network of and, and YC gets pegged a lot for for funding b2b company or uh, yeah b2b companies. Um, but that's because you can sell into the network really well. So there's a internal net, uh, database we have uh, called Bookface um, where, you know, we can reach other founders. It's great for um, early sales for, for companies and, and finding, finding people who to work with. So um, I'd recommend it. I, I don't think I'd do it uh, again, just because like, I do think there's a lot of value to living in like, you know, spending those 12 weeks in San Francisco and, um, I, I'm I'm older, so I've got a, a farm and I've got a wife, and we're not moving to San Francisco. <laughs> and chickens and, and everything else to take care of. We got chickens and goats. They're uh, they're very exciting. Actually, you you know your best entrepreneurial play recently might have been selling eggs. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're, we're crushing it! So we're getting about a dozen a, a dozen a day right now, and uh, five bucks a five bucks an egg box of eggs. I, I wish I could put it on my revenue statement for my new startup. <laughs> So, so you, I love that um, you literally have a scrappy startup story. I love that, by the way. Oh my gosh! I uh, yeah, started <laughs> off. I started off picking up. Uh, I tried to make a deal with Equity Residential, which is like one of the biggest uh, biggest real estate holders in the country, to pick up all of their like used refrigerators. And I had like no plan for this of how to execute it. But I started off doing it in Chicago, and I would just pick up all of theirs in Chicago. Um, but the unit economics of it didn't work out at all. I love it. The the true scrappy startup story, doing scrapping refrigerators. I love it. That's awesome. I read I read this book called uh, Junkyard Planet. For any any listeners, you should definitely read it. But it goes through like um, the economic geography of scrap metal, and uh, it's a, it's a really interesting story. Scrap metals are second largest export. Um, uh, in terms of weight volume, our, you know, our, our, our crops are our, our biggest because we export a lot of corn, but um, it's just a huge industry. And uh, I, I, it was a lot of fun. The, the people in the scrap industry are awesome. Uh, well, so a few weeks ago, right, you started this company, Ask Answer, and it's, it's now has pivoted to Insight Voice. And I want to talk about that story. So tell us um, kind of the backstory of where Ask Answer started and kind of when you started that um, a few weeks ago or however long it's been now. Yeah, so Ask Answer started uh, the 1st of December, and I'd been thinking about this for a while. And, and the problem that Ask Answer was trying to solve is that, like, you know, like you, Matt, like I go to bed listening, or at least when I was single, I went to bed 
listening to podcasts. And so I have like a very, you have a very intimate relationship with Dan Carlin or Matt Watson or, you know, pick your favorite. Uh, I love Bishop Barron. Um, pick your favorite podcaster. So like I would listen to them and I would have questions for them and I would want a, like a feedback loop to be able to ask them a question. So I said, what if I go out and build a, a video service because it's going to be important to their shows where fans can submit questions and then the host can receive those questions and answer back and you know, we'll start there. I always think of startups as you start with a hunch and then you go talk to people and then you realize what's true. So talked to them, went out and talked to a bunch of podcasters, business owners, and generally, like everyone's interested in answering their users' questions. Like they're like, if you can get me people to ask questions, like I'm in. Some people are like way too busy, and so it's not valuable for them. But um, and so I signed up 250 people in like a very short, in like a month and a half, right? And so I users, people using it, uh, but no one asked any questions, right? Like like the the frequency of questions was like really really low. Um, so I sat back and said, you know, we could fight for this, and we could really get to that narrow niche of users who these are probably people who could get paid to answer questions. You can think of this as like an AMA cameo is what uh, ask answer could have been. Um, but I said, Hey, there's this really cool thing. ChatGPT is amazing. Right. So I was, I was sitting around at night one night and I just said, what if I transcribed one of these answers and then wrote a blog with it? And so I just played around with it and took one of the answers of one of uh, my customers and wrote a blog with it. And it was amazing. It was like, it was, it was so good, right? It like took the, took their thoughts that they had in one to two minutes and just formatted them in, in an entirely different format. And they said, okay, what if I asked it to write a LinkedIn post for this? And there it was. It was a LinkedIn post written on this, answer this very specific question. And I, and I said to myself, well, why don't we do that for everybody? Uh, why don't we take their answers and and have them run with that? So that's, that's sort of how it started. Well, and I love... You know, the idea of, of ask answer is awesome. And by the way, this is one of my favorite things about TikTok because uh, I post videos on TikTok almost every day and there's a lot of engagement. People ask a lot of questions on TikTok. And as a creator, you could almost spend forever just answering people's questions. You just answer questions and then people ask other questions and you can just kind of keep going, um, which is great for as a content creator is, is that helps prompt, you know, more content to create. Um, but you know, when I, I, you probably remember, but I think the first LinkedIn post you post, you posted said something about, I don't know, like you had no job and you were married and you had four weeks to build this thing or something like that. What, what was it that you posted on LinkedIn that I think so, caught my attention? Yeah. So it's really just telling the story and like, I haven't done a whole lot of content marketing, so I, I've, I've been learning to tell my story as well. Um, and so you know, newly married, I got married five months ago, six months ago. I should know that. What exactly? July 29th. I don't know how long ago that was. Um, but, you know, we went through a transition out of my old job. Uh, I got laid off during the, you know, the tech companies were laying off. And I, I went to my wife the first day. I said, look, like I've been wanting to do this for a while. Um, you know, we've got plenty of resources to be able to give this a shot. Can I have a month to do this? And I think that this is something that YC really taught me as well, is that like you sort of have to give force deadlines for execution because otherwise you you come up with all the excuses in the world to not get things done and get them moving um, and to launch publicly, right? And so you got to get your thing out and whatever you're building, you got to get it out in public quickly and you got to get feedback because you don't know until you get feedback and, and really start doing there. So I told this story, I said, look, and, and, and this relates to like, 
posting well is you got to make it, you got to give the people who might be listening to you something that they can relate to and said, I got married four months ago and then I lost my job. Like everyone's interested at that point. I posted a picture of my wife and myself at our wedding. Everyone can relate to that. It doesn't matter what job you're in. Like you want to know how this ends. Um, And like my wife, my wife, Katrina, like amazing. She like backed me at every step. We, you know, we talked about it throughout the process and that's something new uh, being married and having a startup. And, um, you know, we pivoted in, in a month, in a month and a half, started this new thing, um, started to pick up traction. Like we had a lot of customers and then decided, even though we have customers, this isn't the, the hill to die on. So, um, yeah, just it, as a founder, everyone's interested, right? There's nothing more American than, than starting something. And so that's like, that's something you can do as a founder is just talk about the ups and downs, the changes, the unique parts of it um, to help get early customers. Well, and, and so there's a couple of key points of this that, that I, I brought this up for that I want to I wanna dig into because first off, it's that posting on LinkedIn and other social stuff really works. Like that's how you and I met. And yep. that's why you and I are kind of working together a little bit now. And it's all from that social selling. And so with what you're doing now with Insight Voice is largely focused on that, right? You're trying to help people, founders and other people create content that they can post on LinkedIn, Twitter, their blog, wherever they want to post content to. And it works. It absolutely works. And and I have, that's how we met. And yep. I have my own success story. I, I had um, somebody reached out to me today from LinkedIn um, from my content. And they're like, hey, I've been following. I had no idea who this guy was. He's like, hey, I've been following you on LinkedIn for like three or four months. I love your content. And uh, I think he'll end up being a, a customer for us at full scale. And again, it's just social selling. I just post on LinkedIn every day and it works. Like posting the social content absolutely works. And, but the hard part is for people, a lot of times they don't know what to post. Like, what, what do I post, right? And I think that's the key here. And that's part of the problem you're trying to solve. Like, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't consider myself to be an expert content marketing person, but I've been doing it for a long time and I feel I'm very natural at it and, and I enjoy it. And it's something like I like to do on a daily basis, but there's a lot of people that are like, you know what? I know I should be doing this thing, uh, but I don't know what to do. And I think that's yeah. the problem you're trying to solve, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's sort of like the, you know, because I've been a founder of so many companies, I've always like, you always hear whether you're a founder, whether you're a CEO, whether you're a marketing team, you hear from everyone, you should be doing content marketing, you should be writing this many blogs, you should be answering this many questions. There's no like next step for what you do. So where we really start in our company is we start with three critical elements. One is who your customer is. So their user persona specifically, you come in, you enter who that is. Um, For me, I'm, I'm, I'm selling to founders and a marketing team. So I enter that in. And then two, what is their problem? Uh, founders, marketing teams have a hard time uh, building and executing a content marketing strategy, right? And they, and, they, and they have this for three reasons. One, they don't know which questions they should be answering for their users. And that's critical because it, it doesn't matter how much you post. If you're not speaking to your customers' needs, it doesn't matter. And then two, they can't do it in a timely manner that's affordable. Um, and then uh, we're building a platform to solve that. So what, what, what Insight Voice does is it spits out here is the top 10 topics from an SEO perspective that your users need to trust you to answer in order for them to buy from you, right? So that's like really simple. Uh, Matt for full scales is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be about 
Um, how, do, how do I get, um, how do I work well with uh, overseas developers? How do I qualify developers? All that sort of stuff. And then we, once you're there, once you have your topics, we give you questions. And then when you log in every morning, you just come in and you say, hey, okay, that sounds like a question my customer would like to answer, like an answer for, or that is a question my customer has answered me for. And you just give a one to two minute answer on video. And uh, then the program spits it out as your LinkedIn post, your blog post, everything like that. So, um, well, and yeah, I, it's that cold start. No, go ahead. And, and and I love it because so you're using ChatGPT, you know, and you're using AI, right? And we're gonna talk. We'll talk more more and more about that as as we go on here. But you know, you're able to use that to help drive these questions, right? So I went in, I signed up, and I put in, you know, full scale. We do offshore development. And I also pick software development teams, like software development related topics. So, so I'll give you a couple of examples that, you know, ChatGPT spit out, right? It says, do you offer support services after the completion of a project? How have prior projects using offshore development gone? Is there an option to hire additional developers if needed during a project timeline? Like, so it, get, it just gives you all these kinds of questions, right? Which you're getting from the AI, which is awesome because it just helps me like if, I, if I'm going to use this to create content, it gives me talking points, right? And I think that's what's cool about what you're doing is then the, the, the founder or salespeople, marketing people that are using the product, now it's like, hey, we can go on in and we can record a video and do this and just takes like five minutes a day. And AI is, is helping serve up like the talk, like what I should create content around. And then it helps create the content. It like makes it really easy. So I, I really like it. I think it's super cool. And it's a great, example of AI and really cool things that AI is enabling us to do. Yeah. And it, and it should, it should do two things for you. Um, one, it should just enhance your voice, right? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of platforms who are building and a lot of people use ChatGPT like this uh, to just answer questions or to write a blog for you. Um, that doesn't work from a social selling perspective because Matt, you know this really well. Your posts on social selling are all about your, your customers' problems, right? And so you don't sit, mention full scale every um, every post. You don't, you know, put a CTA in there. You just continually in their feed speak to their problems, and that and that's the thing about selling always is that if you can unlock the trust that someone um, is, is really concerned about your problem, they they'll buy from you eventually, right? right. So they're going to come to you and they're going to trust you. And they're going to buy from your your friends that you recommend. Um, and so we really want to focus on making sure that your voice as a founder, because it's really hard to get sucked into, um, you know, just telling about you and telling about how cool the company you're building and all this stuff is. You need to get sucked into telling about what the customer's problems is so that they can relate back to you. Right. Um, and, and so that's that's really what we want to focus on. And that's something I've, I've done poorly in the past. I go out there and I hammer my LinkedIn messages and I say, I'm a founder, book of meetings, you know, buy this, sell this, but it doesn't work. Like you have to, you have to speak to the problem of the customer. Yeah. You want, you want people to see your content multiple times and they're like, Hey, you know, I like, I like this person. I like what they have to say. And you kind of build a relationship with them. Right. And the guy I met with today, was kind of funny when we started the the video chat, he's like, you know, it's kind of weird being on video with you after I've seen all these videos of you, I've read all this content you've done. It's like, you're a real life person. <laughs> Yeah. I wake up every like, day, hey, I go to bed every night. Yeah, it's like this content marketing works, right? And it's like, you know, it's like all of a sudden you're talking to somebody that you've, you know, seen through like this, you know, viewpoint through all their their content. So it's it's pretty cool. 
So um, I do want to remind everybody that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io. If you need help hiring software developers, definitely check out our website, Fullscale.io. Um, so tell me what, tell me more about what it's like working with ChatGPT. And so I, I also, but but first of all, I think it's important to note that your background isn't necessarily as a software developer, right? Correct. Um, yeah, so my background is like I'm a software developer um, as a result of not wanting to be impotent in the world of, of software engineering. Like I, I, most of my stuff has involved like hacking things together. I'm like an MVP plus developer. No one wants to see my code. You didn't go to when, school when for I, it? You, you didn't go to oh, college? No I, no, I studied philosophy. I worked as a senior engineer uh, f- for a while and like got promoted out of that job to a project manager. But um that was the, the the skills that I brought to the table weren't engineering. It just happened to be the role I was in. Um, no, I, I learned I learned to software en- to to write code by um, convincing a co-founder to start a company with me, and then like picking the smallest tasks for them to do and continuing to do that. Um, but yeah, no, my competence isn't that. I actually hold, hired uh, two team members from Full Scale. Um, and the first thing I'm having them do is just clean up the code so that it's actually understandable <laughs> by anybody but me. So they, they're, they've got, they've got the back end done in about two days. They're excellent. <laughs> the documentation is 1200 times better. Um, and so, yeah, so not, not a software engineer by training, um, working with AI is really, really incredible. Right. So it's not, but I, it's not but like, I just love, but I just love, by the way, that you were self-taught, you know, to some degree over the last however many years, and then you did built the MVP of this whole thing by yourself, which kudos yeah. to you. Um, I just want to point well, out, I think it was super cool that you were able to to do this and, and make it work and build and build the MVP of it. So, yeah, and that's and that's really the critical part, right? So, like, uh, needed to overcome that and and be able to move it because because I, I built I built three MVPs actually in in three months. So I built actually three different products along the way. Um, all terrible code. Don't worry about your code. Don't document. Don't worry about your security keys. Don't worry about anything when you're getting started. Just like write the code, get it out there. Yeah. People don't care. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You haven't wasted your time. Um. Yeah, but I, I, it is. It is a lot of fun. It is. Uh, good enough to to try things is what I am. Um. The, the AI is really cool. Um. I was not on the AI train. Right. Like. I haven't been on the Bitcoin train. I wasn't on the AI train um, just because I couldn't see the value for me. And, and for me, like software is always about business value. How does this unlock my potential? What does this allow me to do that I wasn't able to do before? And like before this, you know, there were some limited applications where AI really worked. ChatGPT really changed things. Uh, it opened it up so that um, so that there's a whole bunch of different business cases that can be improved anywhere where there's a knowledge stream in the new economy. Um, you know, I was talking to a consultant the other day, they're building a, uh, chat GPT model to help, uh, build models for places like McKenzie to better understand their data. There's, uh, you know, my wife uses Canva all the time, like to use Canva to like build images is like amazing. Um, and I said, what is, what is, what is something related to what I'm doing? Um, you know, content creation, that has this sort of model to it. Um, but but using the prompts is really, really important. The, the answers you get are like sometimes wild, right? And so like you really just have to like refine the language of the outcome and just keep telling ChatGPT what to do. It's just, it's just like using ChatGPT in the browser. 
um, but just doing it in code and saying, if I give it this transcript and I ask for these certain things, um, what is the range of outputs I want to get? Uh, and, and then sort of narrowing that, uh, expanding that, and just sort of tweaking it. Like an English major would crush it as a, uh, as a prompt writer for ChatGPT. Well, in, in the past, when I think of using machine learning or AI, I think of like some, it seems uh, intimidating. It feels like, oh, there's, I have to build like all these weird models and I have to write in some weird programming language called R. Or, you know, sometimes you can, you can use Python or other stuff. But it seemed like there was, it, it seemed like an intimidating thing to learn how to do. You know, because in yeah. my previous company, we wanted to build like anomaly detection. It's like, man, I don't know how to build something to do that and train the model and like all these things. It just seemed like an intimidating thing. But using ChatGPT is fairly easy and straightforward, right? It's a pretty simple API. You just give it the prompt and it give you, give you the answers back in a, you know, in the API, right? Yeah. So it, I mean, like it has reduced the barrier to get into, to, to get where I am, which is like being able to build an MVP and test a product. Like ChatGPT has like completely eliminated those barriers. One within the building models uh, from the API perspective uh, yeah, you just, you just, it's, it's very similar to writing in a chat GPT. If you're using, um, you know, DaVinci model or even the chat GPT four model, um, it, it's really simple. Once you get it set up, you're ready to go. But also like in writing code, um, it, it's increased my speed by four or five times in, in writing the code. I, I will use Copilot to write, um, code and, and give it directions. Copilot's a, a product of uh, GitHub that I use in my VS code and it, I, I'll say write this function that does X, Y, and Z, and then I'll actually copy and paste it back into um, ChatGPT and said, okay, do all the error handling and clean this up, and then I'll copy and paste it back in there. So like um, the models, you, yeah, I would agree. The models used to be something that it was daunting. You had to be really smart for. You had to yeah. be X, Y, and Z for. But now it's like if I can understand how to write a sentence, I can get to an early product almost. GitHub Copilot is pretty cool. I was using it yesterday um, for some really cool. for some programming stuff I was doing. It's it is pretty slick. Uh, it's another example get... of AI making our lives easier. Yeah, yeah, and I th- and like they just have such a like they have all the code, right? They have all the, all the training, all the model. Uh, engineers are really expensive, and like for for early stage companies, especially, you've got to use some sort of um, some sort of nexus of using ChatGPT to speed up coding, hiring offshore with really good developers. Um, you just can't be burning through all of your money and your investors' money. You've got to be, you got to be more conscious of that. So, so tell us more about your your insight on using ChatGPT and you know building a business around it. You know, I it seems like seems like I don't know. Do you think there's Seems like everybody's using it, right? So you hear announcements about like Slack is integrating it, and um, all these different people are integrating it to do different things. Like I use a tool um, called Taplio for LinkedIn, and then they have another one called Tweet Hunter, and they're really cool tools if you do content marketing on link- LinkedIn or Twitter. But they have like AI generation stuff in them too. They'll go through and find like trending topics, and it'll help you do some some writing and stuff like that, and and they added chat GPT support like a week ago. So it's like, every, you know, everybody is on this train now, right? And so I think we're going to see proliferation of, of chat GPT being built into all sorts of different things. Um, you know, I, I think the use case that Insight Voice, your company is doing is, is super cool. 
what other what other really cool use cases have you seen with chat gpt you know over the last yeah. month um so uh, anything coding related uh i'm gonna answer that specifically and then we'll broaden it out anything coding related is like uh it's over the moon it's it's like it's changing the way developers are working and it really allows developers to focus on what is the business job to be done that needs to be do this and then how do i make sure that that's implemented correctly um i, I think that that is going to change it um you know I'm really blown away by anything that can help me make less decisions in my life. Like that's, that's, a, I don't, I don't want to make a whole bunch of decisions. Um, so like things that can tell me um, like the ones that you can go up and scan your room. I don't remember the name of it, but you can scan your room and it tells you what the design should be for that. That's like a really cool one. I, I'm not, I don't worry about that personally, but it's a lot of fun. Um, and then ChatGPT itself, like, I go to it to ask all sorts of questions and to help me out in my daily life. Like that's, that's probably the best one. I think that the business, you know, I, I had, uh, I used to teach at Notre Dame at their entrepreneurship program and I had a, a bunch of alumni reach out to me and say, Oh, I see you're doing this chat GPT thing. Like so cool, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking about building a chat GPT app, you know, just in general, how should I think about it? And I don't think that the the fundamental way we should think about it is any different, though. We should always start with like I, I love Clayton Clayton Christensen, and it's like we should always start start with what job needs to be done. What is the business problem that we actually have, and then like what are any of the tools that we need to apply for? ChatGPT unlocks a lot for us, and we should definitely be like that should be in our tool set. But it's not going to do everything for for us, and like there's going to be a whole bunch of froth um, around ChatGPT that. You know, people will try to implement it for things that don't really relate to job Just problems like or business problems. That, uh, I think that personally, I think the blockchain was all froth, but uh, it's like a Ponzi scheme wrapped in froth. But I, I will, uh, you know, uh, I feel very vindicated recently. Uh, but, it, but it could be like blockchain, your point, right? Where it's like, we didn't need blockchain for this thing, but we used it anyways. And like, there will it, be- it seemed... It's definitely seemed like over the last 10 years, like every startup there is has claimed that they were using AI for some way or another, whether or not they were or yeah. not, who knows. But now they'll really be saying that because of chat GPT, even if it just helps like fill in one text box on a form somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, it's, it's all sales and marketing from that perspective. But the question is always like short term, you can get away with that. You can sign up a couple customers because of, you know, putting blockchain or chat GPT or whatever, but they're going to churn if you're not providing real value for them. If you're not, if you're not making what their day was before to what it could be in the future, um, your business isn't going to last. So um, I do think that there's a lot of knowledge workflows where you can make processes a lot easier. And that's what SaaS businesses are. They're just process improvements um, that you charge a monthly fee for. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity for that, but it doesn't do everything. And, and there's going to be a whole bunch of froth. Well, I'm, I'm super excited to, to see what, what happens. I think to your point, it's like, it becomes a normal tool. So it's like, yeah, of course people use this. Like, it's not a big deal. It's just a thing that we do. Right. It would yep. be like run around now, everybody and be like, Oh, we use no SQL databases, but that was a big yeah. thing. Like, 10 years Huge. ago, 15, or whatever. It's like, oh, we're using MongoDB. Like, we're so much better than everyone else because we're using MongoDB. And now everybody be or, like, or, you, or we're using use iPhone. That? We use an iPhone, right? Like, yeah. we, have a, we have a supercomputer in our hands. Like, that's magical. But 10 years ago, it didn't, or 15 years ago, it didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, we'll quickly get to a point where it's like, okay, yeah, duh, everybody does this thing. It's not, it's not a big deal. So what, 
what are what 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 else do you think about ChatGPT and and how it how it could impact business from from your perspective? Um, I think that it helps narrow decision trees in a lot of ways, and I think that like just like we're trying to do with Insight Voice is we're trying to narrow your decision. So you could write about anything, you could post about anything, but we just sort of walk you through a workflow and say, we're going to force you, we're going to limit you and force you to write about things that your customers actually care about, right? Instead of writing about the news or like whatever random topic you think your customers want, we're going to force you to answer the things that you actually need to be working on. Um, and I think that there's a lot of applications for that. And those are probably the ones I'm personally most excited about. They're, they're kind of the boring ones in that they, you know, they don't tell you you can do everything. They tell you, no, here are the very limited things you should be doing. Um, and there's, and there's that, those that workflows. That's really hard, by the way. And what, what, what's hard? What well, it's hard from the perspective of like following through with that advice because, you know, as a content creator, it's hard to have like a very defined strategy in a very defined plan and then like really stick to it that way. I mean, first of all, it's hard to even come up with a plan or a strategy that yeah. makes any sense. But then even if you do come up with a good strategy and a plan, it's hard to stick to it. And I, that's a struggle I have. Like I could come up with 10 different content ideas a day, but they don't necessarily map back to some plan. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Or and like, then, or like a tactic for execution. Yeah. And so to your point, it's, you know, part of the value that you, that, your tool could help provide and, you know, other marketing firms and agencies that work with people, right, is helping them refine their strategy. Like, what is the strategy, right? So, you know, if, if your tool can help them with like, okay, these are the things you really should be talking about, that really tees it up if, if that kind of creates like a baseline strategy for people. Yeah. And what, and what we're really working on and we're really excited about, um, you know, as we've gone through the journey of defining this, is that you should really have a strategy for each user persona that you, that you want to work with because, and it really helps from like just a conceptual framework as a founder, I'm starting a new product. I may have worked in, in this field before. I may have not maybe like scrap metal where I'm just jumping in. Um, and like, I need to like, if it, it forces me to even think about the questions that my users might be asking. And that's so important for when I have conversations for them, because early, it doesn't matter how good your product is, Early on, you've got to talk to your customers and you've got to get them to buy. You've got to get them to give you feedback. Um, so just like that prep from from like a sales perspective, we got a lot of salespeople using the product um, and, and they like it for that similar reason. Well, and you know, you and I talked about this before. I think in regards to social selling, I think it's awesome for executives to do social selling and 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 all of that. But that's also different than say, a product team that could use it if they want to post on LinkedIn and stuff about, you know, these are new enhancements that are out come, you know, coming or case studies or other kinds of topics that like, why do we have this feature or whatever, right? Like that would be totally different than maybe the CEO or founder or whatever would want to post. And same thing with customer success. It's like, oh, this is how we help this customer solve these problems. And what an inviting you know, I, culture. I, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to go work there if someone's like out there talking about, like just just sharing thoughts on on their customers' problems all the time and sharing yeah. thoughts on product improvements like that like I, I I you know if I didn't wasn't doing this I'd quit my job and go work for that company. Yeah, I mean that you build a lot of trust, right? You're like, man, these these guys are on top of it. You know, they're obviously yeah. thought leaders. You know, I I you know you you love hearing and seeing all that and um 
you know, the the good news and the bad news about LinkedIn is there can be a lot of noise there, right? And, and mm -hmm. people post a lot of junk, um, but people read it. And to some degree, marketing is all about making noise. And uh, it, it absolutely works. And I've had a lot of success with it over the last 90 days that I've been really focused on it. Um, and by the way, Matt Watson, come follow me on LinkedIn. You can find me yeah. on TikTok and everything else. You've only been uh, doing this like 90 days? Yeah. Well, I've done it before in the past, but I've like okay. hard, hardcore done it for maybe it's four months now. Um, I've been pretty hardcore about it. It's like a daily thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, you you look like a pro. <laughs> but I, I've done it in the past, but it was like always in different, different spurts. And um, yeah, I decided around Thanksgiving to really, really focus on it. So. Yeah. And I think that like, yes. So uh, it with you know whether it's a blog, whether it's a TikTok, whether it's um, you know whatever it is, right? You can hook some people by just having anything out there, but like true friends, true relationships, true customers, like they're gonna see through that, and they're gonna like it's consistency, it's continuing to talk about their story, and like people weed themselves out. This this happens in podcasts, this happens in you know in everything. The the quality rises to the top eventually, right? Yeah, true. Not, not initially, not initially, but eventually. Yeah, being truly authentic in, in what you're doing. Well, that I'm really excited to see how ChatGPT evolves. And, you know, one thing one thing I was talking to somebody about the other day. So I feel like when when I'm I'm about I'm 41 years old. And so I feel like, you know, my parents, they didn't really grow up with Google and search engines. Right. And so you know, you and I, you're, you're a little younger than me, but about the same age, you know, we grew up with search engines and it became very ingrained into us that like, I can go to Google and I ask it to do a lot of things like what is the weather or, you know, how to do math, like literally anything. And to be good at your job, to man, you really have to be kind of good at using Google, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you, you I, I always tell people, it's like, you don't have to know anything these days. You just have to know where to find the answer. And I feel like even for software developers, it's like, my test for software developers should be like, how fast can they Google something and then implement that answer? <laughs> because, how, how good are they at Stack Overflow? Yeah. Now, my point is, I feel like now we're at a generational shift. So okay. now all of a sudden, not genera generational shift, but like a, a technology shift here where AI becomes the next thing. It's like, didn't use Google, got really good at Google. And then you got this next generation of people that are like really good at using tools like ChatGPT. That's my point. So, you know, my oldest son is 13. He's going to grow up now, like using tools like ChatGPT all the time. And, you know, somebody like me, I'll be like, oh, I didn't know it could do this. I didn't know it could do that, whatever. Right. But it, but we're going to be the old people. Yeah. So my point is like this next generation is going to have to grow up becoming experts at how to use AI and ChatGPT to make their lives easier. And, you know, in business, personal life, everything. One of my favorite things is like you can go to it and be like, uh, how do I make homemade ice cream? And it just gives you the recipe, right? Like there's literally so many uses for it. It's crazy. Like last night, my wife was going around and around debating about how big curtains should be. How wide <laughs> should the curtain be based on the width of the window? And of course, I keep telling her, I'm like, did you Google it? Did you Google it? Did you Google it? No, she didn't. She she was... <laughs> Even though she's younger, she didn't really grow up with with search engines and computers and technology. But even her, like 
the idea for her of using AI is probably not something she will ever be an expert at. But the younger yeah. people today are going to master it. And that will change things a lot, I believe, is my point. Yeah, it's going to like overnight, it's going to change. Like I feel really good for the founders of Stack Overflow. They sold their company like a few months before um, ChatGPT came out. Oh, and, really? Like, I didn't know they sold it. Yeah, Who did I'm they not sure it how to? much it sold. Uh, it was some, I don't know, big conglomerate. Um, and like my my usage of Stack Overflow went from, you know, when, when I'm writing code to every, from every 10, 15 minutes to nothing. Like I don't even use it anymore. So $1.8 uh, billion. It's probably worth like $200,000 today, maybe. That is absolutely well, not but like <laughs> that is absolutely unbelievable because yeah, they just sold a company that ChatGPT. I don't want to say replaces, it but eliminated, eliminated. Oh done. my goodness, massive change! And um, the only funnier story that I have about that was um, StubHub was acquired right before the pandemic, which is for concert tickets and all that stuff. Yeah, and so then whoever acquired it basically acquired StubHub and then had to give everybody refunds from all the concert tickets that were sold. I hope it was not a big debt deal. I hope it was all cash. And then there were no events for like the next year. <laughs> that was a total disaster yeah. for whoever acquired that. Wow, we, I can't believe at... they sold. Yeah. Sold yeah. it last I mean, uh, last summer. And I wonder if they knew. I wonder if they it was just good timing or if they, they were like, we see what's around the corner because they're definitely Actually, in it as much as anyone else. So actually, it was 2021, so it was 18 months okay. ago. Okay, but still. Yeah. But yeah, for uh, sure. The chat, like this, like Stack Overflow, though, is a great example of something that ChatGPT has definitely dramatically changed overnight, the horizon of it. And even, even what I mentioned earlier, like recipes and things like that, like there's all these websites that make ad revenue from recipes and all sorts of things. That are really. If I don't have to scroll for eight hours in order to get my recipe. I would yes. be thrilled. Like yes. I'm over scrolling for eight hours. Yeah, I don't yeah. care about your life. Like I, I, I know it's interesting and all of that, but I, I don't recipe. need to read about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh -huh. if you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, FullScale can help. We have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit FullScale.io. All you need to do is answer a few questions and let our platform match you up with our fully vetted team of engineers. At FullScale, we specialize in building a long-term team that works only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank um, you. This has been uh, really incredible. Um, um, so as we wrap up the show, I always like to ask if you have any you know, final tips, words of wisdom out there for other entrepreneurs. Um, get started fast and change quickly, right? Like, and, and really focus on the customer's problems. Uh, if there's ever a thought in your mind that you're like, what should I do? It's probably the answer is go talk to customers. Um, cause you just don't know. Um, and, and a good way to do that, I'll pitch my own company is, is go to insight voice, um, dot AI, because I would use it if I'm an early stage founder, like, and this is before you hit the paywall, I would use it to figure out what my customers' questions are and what topics they would need to know about. And I would just go in there and enter in like what I think my business is going to be, what I think my customers' problems are, and just see what it spits out and try a couple answers. But it should give you that first initial uh, space and then use it to share it on LinkedIn, use it to share it other places. You'll get to meet uh, cool people like Matt. 
um, and get on podcasts like this. So um, it, it does work. Um, and it should be a short-term and a long-term strategy of, of talking about what your customers' problems are and, and really how you're thinking about solving them and then how you're actually solving them uh, once your product's ready. Well, another another topic I wanted to talk about that that I forgot to cover earlier, um, I'm going to mention real fast on the way out here is, you know, you also were not working in stealth mode and being afraid to tell people about your your business and your idea, which a lot of people do, right? And you were posting right out there on LinkedIn. You're like, hey, I just started this thing. It's like alpha version. It sort of barely works, but I'm here. Please try it, right? Like you're out there and from the very beginning where some people are scared. Like they don't want to tell anything, anybody about anything until it's perfect or they're worried that people are going to steal their ideas. But kudos to you. You, you did the opposite, right? You're like, hey, I'm going to tell everybody about this thing. Well, and that's, I need how, advocates. that's how we met. I need advocates. I need people who like, like the hardest thing, in, like one of the hardest things as a founder, especially a solo founder, is that like you get down on your idea. You don't believe in it enough. But right. you get out and talk to a couple of customers. Like the first couple of days, I always say, I have to talk to at least four customers because I have to know how this is going to change their life in like a real way. Because I can wake up in the morning. I, I can go 16 hours a day for that. I can't go 16 hours a day for an idea that's in my head that might not be true, that I start getting shaky about, that I started getting worried about. So I almost need that positive reinforcement. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to say kudos to you for, for being so focused on customers and getting out there and talking to people because so many people are scared to tell everybody about their idea. And you will be way more successful in your living proof of this by just going out there and telling literally everybody. <laughs> yep. Yep. And you'll so. be wrong and you'll permeate. It'll, it'll change. Uh, but I really appreciate that, Matt. That's, a, that's, that's an important compliment. Well, so everybody, this was Matthew Curtis. We love the mats again, by the way. Uh, his company is insightvoice.ai. Check him out. And um, they're doing some doing really cool stuff for other entrepreneurs. It's a great, great tool to help you do social selling and content generation um, that you can post on LinkedIn, your blog and all this kind of stuff. So definitely check it out. All right. Well, yeah, thank you so me, much. For uh, thank you. For, thank you for doing that. And if you want me to help you get set up on the page, um, love talking to founders. So email me at Matthew at insightvoice.ai and uh, we'll walk you through the onboarding and, and just really, really dig into your company and, and how how it can be helped in general, but also how we can help you. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Matt. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.